I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. In the words of Eminem, guess who's back? Back again. It's not Slim Shady. It is Baby Angel, Autumn Fourkiller, who I just adore. Big fan of Autumn's. And we got all kinds of dreams. I just want to say thank you to everyone who submitted a dream. And if you're disappointed your dream wasn't featured, I apologize. And... Also, something I realized as I was sifting through your dreams is I'm a little traumaed out and I didn't want to do any of the really intense ones because I also didn't feel like I had really signed up for that as well. I made kind of an executive decision and then ran it by her and she agreed with me because we wanted this to be a fun episode and really just sort of talk a bit about dream interpretation. We didn't really want to be essentially doing psychoanalysis on a stranger that isn't there to participate. So if you're a little disappointed or you're getting excited thinking you're going to hear your dream interpreted, but then it was about something horrific, I just want to warn you, you probably aren't. Out of curiosity, I did look up what is the definition of dream and is a series of thoughts images and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. It's also a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. I think that's very funny, a succession of thoughts, images, and sensations. Uh, I hadn't thought about dreams that way. I hope you enjoy this. I hope that uh, we get, I, or we, by we, I mean myself, I get a lot of asks about dreams and I don't know how much dream content I'm ever going to really be providing, just to be honest. Not just because I'm salty since I don't dream a ton, but I don't know. I feel kind of dream neutral. I don't know. I, y'all will either tell me you want more dreams or you'll tell me you want less. We'll see. But I hope you enjoy episode 62 with Autumn for Killer Dream Interpretations. Once again, I know I say this, it's noon for me, and yet it feels early, and I'm thrilled to be sort of starting my day with your beautiful face to discuss some dreams today, Autumn. So exciting. This is like a perfect start to my day. I never get to gossip about dreams so early. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it was almost immediately like your episode released, and people were like, when's Autumn coming back? And I was like... (laughs) You just met her. Relax. Like you didn't even know about her last week and people were already like, give us more autumn, like, which is great. I feel similarly about you thrilled when I see your, you know, whether it's your sub stack in my mailbox or we're DMing about (laughs) dumb dumb tarot memes. (laughs) (laughs) So for better or worse, you have become my dream expert and I'm notoriously salty about dreams because I don't tend to have a ton of them. This was even before I smoked pot. Like, (laughs) you know, it'd be funny because my mom has these like dreams where I'm like, 
I know she's not making it up, but I'm 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 just like, there's no way that happened. <laughs> you there's know, no or way like, it happened. You like want attention. What are you trying to get from me? Like, <laughs> yeah, or like if this is like your low stakes pitch, like of your pilot, <laughs> like <laughs> great. It's you have a good idea. Go with it, mom. And then certain friends who do tend to have these really vibrant dreams, like no wonder these bitches are tired because it seems like it's a lot. I'm maybe glad that I'm not dreaming all the time, you know, that I'm curious for you. Did you start getting into dream interpretation? I mean, I know on our previous episode, you talked about like you, you, your mom was encouraging and like, this is your gift and stuff. But was some of it also just to manage it, to like know how to get like a decent night's sleep that you were like, I need to just figure out what this language is so I can get some rest? Oh, 100%. I think I struggled a lot with like sleep when I was, I think the worst period was probably when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. And that was just a terrible, that's just like a terrible time to be alive in general. Sorry to any seventh or eighth graders that are listening. It does get better. Uh, but I just like could not sleep. And like the days were so anxiety filled for me that I felt like I just like daydreamed a little bit before I went to sleep. And then I was, mm. that was kind of like my comforting thing. And then when I would go to sleep, I would have just like these terrible dreams that I could not understand. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't know how to speak the language. You know, it was, I think that's a common dream that people have, like a common anxiety dream is that they're somewhere and like people are speaking to them. And like perhaps a language that they know or don't know, but like they cannot understand it or formulate it. Mm. So, yeah, it began early. I'm like, what does this mean to me? What is this trying to tell me? And if it's not trying to tell me something, like what's the root here? Like, is it something about my anxiety that I need to manage? Or is it just like that anxiety in general? And not just anxiety, you know, like things that have happened in my life, like sadness, whatever it might be, an event. And I really had to, I think you know this too, like when you have a feeling, when you feel like you are like receiving an omen, um, that is something that feels different yeah. than anxiety to me, even though in the beginning you feel like it's like, you're like, is this anxiety? Is this this? You know? And then once you learn to differentiate it, it becomes a lot easier. So yeah, I think my first foray into actual dream interpretation was like, how do I like make myself less crazy? <laughs> Like, that would be great for me. <laughs> like any good psychic gift, I think it is. You're like, how do I feel less in insane about yeah. this thing? I definitely felt that way about my own intuition and I guess feeling like trying to learn how to manage it of being like, I don't know how I know this thing, but I know mm -hmm. it. And now I feel mm -hmm. weird that I know it and no one's going to believe me or just all of that. And I, I agree with you that anxiety feels very different, mm -hmm. but obviously if your only experience is being yourself, you don't always know. Mm -hmm. Like I would say one of the top questions I get asked about intuition is how to know the difference between your intuition and anxiety mm -hmm. and something I think you were touching upon that I just want to emphasize for people is I do think when it's it's something you're really receiving whether it be just extra sensory input if you're a little bit more of a science person mm -hmm. or you think it's from your guides or ancestors or you know from a more spiritual standpoint it feels different mm -hmm. it feels there's generally I think a more peaceful feeling to it mm -hmm. a less charged you know like mm -hmm 
just like you might know, like I'm thirsty in this moment or I have brown hair, you know, (laughs) it has a similar like neutrality to it, even if it's a bombastic thing. Mm -hmm. Like even if you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm miserable in this relationship and need to leave it, you're still like, wow, who delivered that (laughs) to my brain? You know, like it's still kind of this peaceful feeling than your anxiety being like, I don't think this is right. I think this relationship's wrong. You know, like I think anxiety wants to make you scared, whereas true information, whether however that's coming to you, I don't think does. It wants to invite you into deeper understanding. Therefore, it's not trying to do that via terror, which your anxiety is like, what if I scared you into investigating this? What if you were just terrified for 100 hours a day? There are only 24, but it's going to feel like 100. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to give you so many things to think about. You hadn't considered. It feels like a hundred hours today. Yeah, that's really funny. So when you get to know people, I'm curious if your experience is similar to that of like a tarot reader, because you're kind of a reader in general, I would say like you've expanded some of your offerings now you do sort of like ancestral readings for people and things like that not just dream interpretations and I don't know if you use cards I don't think you do are you are you now because I know you've in your writing you're using tarot a little bit more do people like socially when they learn what you do do you hear a lot of dreams Do you get a lot of invitations or like, what does this mean? Because I know you and I wanted to talk about what some of the common, do you hear a lot of those? Because I certainly, everybody has to tell me either their one weird experience with their intuition or the one tarot deck they bought when they were a goth or whatever, which I love. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's part, I feel like it's part of my (laughs) like social contract with people, but I'm just curious what your experience is in the dream world. Does everyone start telling you their dreams or go or tell you the one dream they really remember from when they were like 19 or what, you know, like I think everybody has that sort of thing. So it's going to be a twofold answer to go for like your first point earlier. I don't really use cards and like reading readings or sometimes I will. It really depends on the person. But for me, the cards feel like really archetypal. They feel like literary to me. They feel like very in tune with like Mm. my gift, like my writing gift and like the things I like to do with that. Whereas like ancestral messages and other things, they come out in a really different way. You know, like I know the ancestors, Mm. they have their own ways. Um, they will often not bend to whatever you're wanting to like channel them through. So you just have to be flexible in that regard. Uh, and the second point is, yeah, yeah. As soon as people realize that like I'm interested in dreams and that's kind of what I do, I think there are two phases. Either they are like kind of disbelieving, which is, you know, fine doubts, healthy, or they're like, Finally, I've met a person who I'm going to tell this thing I have been <laughs> hanging on to for 25 years. Thank God, Autumn, like, yeah. you have arrived. Um, and that's so exciting for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. It's like, we're in line at Trader Joe's, but like, let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it is so similar. Yes. It, yeah. yeah. It's so true. Mm-hmm. My fave is the people who are like, do you really believe that? And you're like, Duh. yeah, no, I'm making it all up. Mm-hmm. You got me. You know, <laughs> that's really funny. I love it. We're in the line at the Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this the other day in like the, the realm of belief. 
and you and I both take our work very seriously. I think anybody who is like actually doing this, um, whether it be like for a living or like as their calling, it's like, yeah, like we have this, this like realm of belief that exists in a way that is almost at odds with like our society, <laughs> like a deep belief and like yeah. a deep trust. And it does require like a certain amount of vulnerability. Um, and that's really hard in like capitalism. So yeah, it is. I always try to take it, you know, with a grain of salt. I'm like, yeah, I, I do actually believe it. Or if they're like, you know, shitty about it, I'm like, do you want to know? Do you really want to know what I know? <laughs> oh, well, that's like, I don't do it anymore, but yeah, I've definitely read some people and they've been like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, you're a believer now, mm-hmm. you know, like I do it less so now, but we're different now. I also just do think it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, more just because I think I'm just older Mm -hmm. and tired that I'm just like, save your energy. But something I always say to people is like, best case, I'm right. Like these things, these practices, these, you know, like my beliefs are correct. These things do the things I think they do or there is magic or whatever. Worst case, it none of it's true, but I'm living my best life. So, mm-hmm. like, what does anyone have to lose? Like, something I point out to a lot of people is, like, look at American society. Like, what do you think we need more than anything? Mm-hmm. Like, it is, like, soul. <laughs> it is connection yeah, to uh, grounding and, like, all. I'm like... Uh, what do you I mean it's like it's not gonna come from Amazon like whatever it is that we need as a culture you you're (laughs) what you ache for as a person it's not coming from someone delivering it in two days like it's it's not commodifiable so it's hard work and that yeah that's a turnoff to oh I mean for a lot of reasons we're all tired we all get weary (laughs) (laughs) I mean we're all tired but um yeah it's not it's not something that comes easy a lot of the time it's hard work. And yeah. if it does come easy, it comes with a whole suite of questions that you have to then expend energy on. It's just interesting. Like, I've definitely met people who did unusual work and been wild, like, for sure. I met someone who worked at the Pentagon, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're going to need to, like, you're like, you're not socializing for, like, an hour, sir, because I have a lot of questions mm-hmm. about this. Like, and, you know, I said to him, I was like, I'm secure enough in my intelligence to, like, ask these questions. Because uh-huh. I was like, walk me through your day. Yeah. Like, you get to the Pentagon. How does one get in the Pentagon to, like, for work? Yeah. Like, I'm like, do you, are you checking your email? Or are you, like, looking at security risks? Uh-huh. Like, what, it, uh-huh. like, it was so, like, unfathomable to me what that day was like. But I've never been, like, as shitty as people can be. Uh-huh about this sort of stuff of like either I mean you know ask me like oh do you actually like pay your bills doing that I'm like do you doing marketing Brad Mm -hmm. you know like it's just so bizarre to me but I'm curious so common dream things I get asked about Mm -hmm. because people also think all this stuff is the same that if you're interested (laughs) in any of it you're an expert in all of it yeah everyone wants me to be an astrology girly and I'm not I want oh Yeah, I wish, but it's not it. Sorry, go ahead. The amount of people who want to book me to like read astrology at events Mm -hmm. and I'm like, 
I would just make the whole party like erupt in chaos. Like I do not know what I'm doing. Like I know enough to be dangerous. I cannot. And I appreciate all my astrologer friends. There's a lot of math. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of numbers. It's just a lot of information to keep straight. And I definitely think a lot of these things, like what I sort of offer anyone is like, all of this stuff is like systems we're using to make sense of life in the human experience. So you can't always pick which one I think makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Like human design, for example, my brain just refuses it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It will not, it, it won't absorb, like I have to like do my little thing every single time to like remember what my type is, you know, like for whatever reason, my brain just rejects it. Astrology, I can get far enough to essentially like ask in another language, like where is the bathroom? You know, like (laughs) I know my chart. I sort of know enough basics. I can like use it to flirt with someone if I want to. But like Mm. hmm, really be able to give someone guidance in the way in which I believe the system should be accessed and used. Absolutely not. Just enough to create chaos. But I get asked a lot about certain kind of dreams. I hear from a lot of friends. So if someone's someone's dreaming, <laughs> I was about to like literally give give you an impression in case you couldn't get there of someone sleeping. <laughs> I just, you know, so I really want you there with me, Autumn. Um, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> And if somebody, if there's a death in someone's dream, Mm, mm -hmm. does that mean death is coming? Oh, boy. So, yeah, I get the death dream is kind of the one that people are like, this is actually a nightmare. So there are like several ways we can kind of dissect a death dream. A death dream can be like the death of a relationship, of, you know, an emotion of a time in your life really anything that is like rooted in a transformation is kind of where we see death coming up very, very rarely and almost never over the internet would I tell someone or like wherever we're conversing that a death dream is like an omen that the person or like the thing that has died in your dream is going to die IRL. But I mean, sure. Yes. Sometimes that can happen, but I would have to know your sphere. I would have to have worked with you for, you know, a number of years to be able to tell you like without being like, actually, no, like (laughs) don't take that advice. I agree. Like in tarot, the death card, when it comes up, Mm -hmm. it's, I've never, I, maybe I shouldn't say never, but I can't recall Mm -hmm. one time that it was about a literal death. It's it's always like a metaphoric. It's always a chapter closing, mm-hmm. you know, or I would say that similar to what you're saying in terms of dreams, like it can be like a loss. Mm-hmm. It can be a loss of a relationship. It can be something like that. But it's very rarely literal. And how often do you think dreams are actually prophetic or omens? Oh, I want to say like, Because I'm going to take the stance that, like, in the world we live in, I'm not saying that there aren't people who are really connected to spirit or connected to, like, the other world, because I know there are. But let's just, like, take the stance that, like, we're all really busy. We have to work. We have all this thing, all these things that we have to do. Like, I would say, like, very rarely is that message going to come out, like, clean, pure, completely, like, this is a one-to-one in like the waking world. Now I will say if someone has passed already, like they are 
gone from this world, they are in the other world, they're wherever that you that we believe that people go or their spirits go after they die. Um, and they come to you in a dream. I believe that the dead can visit us in our dreams, obviously. <laughs> but I yeah. and I, I do think if that happens, there is a message there. And if you don't feel that there's a message yeah. and there isn't any speaking, that they're just giving you a visit. And that's a, something you can take with you. But it, it it's harder to say if, like, they haven't passed, right? And they have passed in your dream or something. That's more something on the relationship or an emotional level. But if they've already passed, that feels more, to me, I can say with surety, that's a message. Yeah. And a message isn't always, like, an omen. It's not always an omen. Sometimes it's just like, I love you, yeah. bud. I miss you. Yeah. Yeah, it's great over here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think people have a really hard time discussing the fact that, like, if you have, you know, if people have died in your life, that, like, you stay in relationship with them. It's, it, it just changes. And a big way that yeah. you can commune with them is, is in dreams. I get a lot of people who, when they have lost somebody, immediately want the dreams and I'm like I, in my experience it takes a minute I always say like I don't know what it takes a while it takes happens like in ghost school but it, I was like they seem to have to be in some sort of orientation for a little while before they can like communicate like has been just I mean that's mm -hmm. pure my joke with my friend Melissa is that I'm an amateur ghostologist I'm like I'm not an expert ghostologist but like this is purely anecdotal, <laughs> but that has been what my experience has been that it you may get one initial like sort of like I'm OK type visit or you might get one mm -hmm. thing. But then I think it takes a little bit longer before if that's going to be Absolutely. a way you're in relationship or a way you communicate with each other. I mean, it can take years sometimes like it's just mm -hmm. I know people and I encourage people to speak to their, I'd be curious what your thought is in this. I encourage people to like mm -hmm. speak to their ancestors or build al altars or say like, Hey dad, mm -hmm. if you want to come talk to me, my dreams, I'm open to that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then just sort of let it go. Like reverse psychology in it a bit. I don't care if you mm -hmm. never visit me mm -hmm. in dreams. Cause I find sometimes when people are gripping really hard, <laughs> you know, and like the, I just, I really want my grandmother to visit. I really want, I'm, I'm like, it just doesn't, I don't know what happens to us when we die, but I think it's beyond our human brain's comprehension. So this oh, idea yeah, that you could be like, I want to pencil in a grandma dream on Thursday. Like it's such a human <laughs> thing. And I just don't think it's the way it works. Do you like, do you think people can invite their ancestors into their dreams if they want to? So I'm of two minds mm -hmm. about this and I will expound of course, <laughs> <laughs> but First thought is, yes, agree with you. Whatever happens in ghost orientation, I think it takes a while. I always liken it to, you know, building strength, learning the ropes. Like, how do I come to you um, with this message? Now, like when we're talking in like the second frame, we're talking about, you know, like anything, even if you knew them when they lived, obviously, because they're your ancestor, but, you know, they're your ancestor now, but they have gone through a transformation and you have to relearn them in a way. So it's a beautiful opportunity for a new relationship, for a new time um, for you to connect with each other. But like any relationship, it takes time to build. Um, so you can light your candles, you can give offerings, you can talk um, to them. And then yes, after a while, they'll come to you. Now, I have had clients where 
I thought it was like really prudent for them to not ask out of desperation, but to be like, please, I need this thing. I need some comfort. If you could like send me a sign relatively quickly within the next two business days, that would be great. Um, and I think those offers can be heard. Uh, but mostly, yes, it takes time. And that's a hard thing to reckon with because you want it now. Yeah. And you want it the way that it was. The first time I ever went to a medium to be in conversation with my dad, it was really weird because I had to deal. It wasn't like interacting. I do think the the woman I saw was channeling my dad. I, there was enough there that made me think it was him that she was in communication with. But mm -hmm. he was different enough that it was sort of painful, you know, that it was like, oh, I have oh, to yeah. really like this is not I'm not picking up from where we left off. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the veneer is stripped off in a yeah, way. Well, and all those things that he wrestled with as a human being, he's not anymore, you know, like he's, he's mm -hmm. free of it and been free of it for a long time in a way that I, I wasn't prepared for that. And, and so a lot of times yeah. when people are like, Oh, I want, you know, do you know a medium? I want to go to a medium. I'm like, mm -hmm. careful. Also every yes. other time I've gone to a medium or someone for some sort of ancestor, in the forefront of my mind, I, I'm always thinking it's my dad who's going to want to talk to me just because that would be, you know, closest. And no, nope, I have think, a grandmother yeah. that always is the one who crashes. She loves you. Yeah, she's always the one that is like, no, no, no. Like, this is my session, which I think is really funny. And I think <laughs> it's true to the nature of this work. Like, it's never kind of what you want, but it's what you need. It's not the very literal thing. It's always the thing a little to the side, you know. So another mm -hmm. theme that I get asked a lot about is pregnancy and dreams, either being Ooh. pregnant or giving birth, you know, um, giving birth to things that are not human, you know, like uh, a friend of mine in a dream gave birth to a puppy and she was like, I was real weirded out by that for years. You know, I think to this day she probably could get weirded out. And I was like, I want to bring that up to her. Be like, let's talk about when you gave birth to a litter. Well, every once in a while, well, I'll be Please. like, remember when you had that puppy dream? She's like, stop it. You're so evil. And I'm like, I'm just trying to normalize it for you. You know? Yeah. I just want to, I just want to bring it back. I'm like, oh, did, had you healed? Do, do you want me to? But um, I was like, well, what do puppies mean to you? And she was like, mm -hmm. oh, I hadn't thought, you know, like that. I was like, mm -hmm. maybe that's something you want to bring and cultivate into your life. So in, in your right. expert dreamologist opinion. Oh my gosh. Yes. Balloon my yeah, ego even happily. more. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do pregnancy dreams mean? Yeah. Let's talk about this. I think this is one that I get a lot just because of my like relative age and the relative age of my friends. Yeah. Cause you're a baby. So it probably is scarier. The idea of babies. <laughs> yeah. So many of my friends are like, oh, why did you guys pregnant? Should I go get a test? I'm like, um, let's like talk yeah. first. Um, You've been fucking first of all. Like, like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, well, did that guy come over? Or was that like, no, you know, I'm like, maybe we should. And like, while we're there, you can maybe pick me up some peanut M&Ms or something. Um, and then I'll come, I'll come over. We can sit in the bathroom together. Yeah. So like with people of my relative age, 
that is always something I'm like, okay, we have to look like at the actual physical reality yeah. of this thing. But oftentimes pregnancy is about like the shadow self. Mm. Um, and that's like a Jungian concept. So like what, what we're growing inside of us, it can be a really, really good and beautiful thing, or it can be something that we're really ashamed of and that we want to hide. And so when we're birthing it in our dreams, we're bringing it out. And if it's a terrifying thing, if it's a monstrous child, it's something that we're really ashamed of. And that is something we should think about because Jung said, my boyfriend, Carl Jung, (laughs) (laughs) he said, you know, 90% of the shadow is pure gold. And if it's like a really beautiful angel child that we love, you know, it's like something that we should bring into the world and we should foster. But I do think both of them should be like analyzed. Right, because sometimes, you know, appearances can be deceiving. If it's this, like, poor little wretched thing, I do think we should, we often should uh, show kindness to it. Yeah. And see what that transformation births again. Now, if it's a recurring pregnancy dream. (laughs) I had those for a while. Like, once a week for, like, months, I had, Mm -hmm. and I would settle into grooves where, like, Mm -hmm. I would be just, it would almost be like I was crashing into the movie of my life. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like eight months pregnant, you know? (laughs) Um, It would be various things like that where I was like, what? You know? Um, So yes, tell tell me about recurring. Because I'm like, yeah, that happens. I had that experience. Those feel more rooted in, I don't want to say anxiety because Pregnancy can be a really beautiful thing for a lot of people, even if it's like terrifying and monstrous <laughs> to me. Not monstrous, but I feel like I would become What's, monstrous. I think it's um, scary. I mean, yeah, it, it's scary. I, I, don't, I don't, none of my friends who have children are the same person they were before they did in the sense of. Right. It's a transformation. Yeah, and, I mean, as I get yeah. older, I better understand because like a lot of my moms are anxious and, and I'm like, well, when you mm-hmm. think about the process of literally growing something in your body and feeling Ooh, the sense of yeah. like it's on you to keep it safe and and then you mm-hmm. go through this insane process of getting it out of your body, however that happens. Painful. Yeah, whether it's natural or it's whatever, way. you know. I better get it. And it'll just be interesting sometimes when friends are telling stories about like, you know, like, like be on boats with their kids. And like the whole time they're just terrified. Like we have these kids on open oh, water, yeah. and, you know, and the dad's like, woohoo, let's go faster. And they're like, are you kidding? You know? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why can't you just be chill and let everyone be on the boat? And then I'm like, Anna, would you feel that way? Like, no. Anna. I'm like, you would have, you would be like, you need an, another life jacket. They'd be like, mom, we have on six, you know, like. Like that little kid from the Kiss Christmas story when he's like, I yeah. can't put my arms down. 100%. I'd be like, that's how y'all ride boats now. That I 100% think fear, anxiety, loss of control, like all that stuff has to be in the room, you know, with that sort of theme. And you have like your heart walking, like my mother, you know, your heart walking around outside of your body. But yeah, with like a recurring pregnancy dream, if you are a person who can get pregnant, um, sleeping regularly with someone who could get you pregnant, maybe, maybe (laughs) like if it feels like something rooted and kind of like your your subconscious, your intuition, yeah, go grab a pregnancy test. Um, but often it's like those recurring dreams are just like 
we need to seek resolution somehow. So, like, what's the resolution here? Like, what can I chart from, like, these recurrences? Yeah. That's really interesting. It's true in tarot, we have the the impress. And I would say the mm-hmm. impress is like sort of similar in the sense of like, if you could get pregnant, keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. You know, if not, I would say I'd never thought about it in terms of the shadow, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. In tarot, it's, it's a lot more about creativity, I think. And like, what are you incubating mm-hmm. in and a I sense, think- you know? But I'd never thought about, mm-hmm. like, if you are feeling that sense or you are in that energy or whatever, to, 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 mm-hmm. to think of, like, is there an element of, of shame or the thing with those things, too, is it's like it doesn't have to be like your deepest, darkest secret. It's like you could just be moving into some space where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, oh, I do feel a little shame around being seen or something like that. You know, like it doesn't always have to be trauma. It doesn't always have to be this like deep thing. It can just be something that it, mm-hmm. like I think it can be helpful to use it almost like as a prompt when you hear these things of like, you know, check in with yourself in the present day. It may, it doesn't always have to be like maybe what you've classically felt shame around or you've class like whatever you're, you know, like I think sometimes with dreams and certain stuff, like it can be more a mix of the past in the present absolutely another thing and it's it's funny i had forgotten about this but you you mentioned it before we started recording that comes up a lot and i used to have these dreams all the time teeth teeth falling out the teeth you know and i've i do want to say before we begin with the teeth like my motto for 2023 is ring shame out like a dish Mm. rag or you know whatever whatever you're ringing out yeah (laughs) ring shame out of your body but I think there's some shame rooted in teeth too um especially with the rise of veneers <laughs> um but that, that's not usually what I think about when I think about teeth dreams for teeth dreams my first always instinct is that it's a loss of control mm. it's all of these anxieties and often there are many depending on how many teeth are falling out sometimes I've had clients who have just had like the first two um, mm. fall out or the top, you know, like the one, I don't know what they're called, but yeah, the, the front two teeth and that often I'm like, hmm, let's talk about your childhood a little bit <laughs> because I, mm. or then like all of the teeth, sometimes they're rotting out in like a big interview. Sometimes they're like cracking a little bit. And then there are dreams where they, they are growing out of your mouth in a really, grotesque fashion or what feels like a grotesque fashion um and so yeah we can let's get into all of these like when I think of teeth falling out I think of lost control I think of many anxieties when it's the front two I think about the shame of being seen in childhood like those things that we carry with us um and kind of what's still rooted in our body there when they're rotting or cracking That is something that needs to find like a definite resolution. It might be some kind of past trauma. It could be something that happened just like right now. I've also heard really good interpretations about the teeth are like in the mouth. The mouth is where we find our voice, where we're like saying something, where we're communicating. So it could be some kind of troublesome communication or it could be something we said that we shouldn't have said. It's funny you say it because something I'd always heard about teeth was gossip. Yes, gossip. 
I think that you're being gossiped about. Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're the one in the dream, like your teeth are coming out, then like you're being gossiped about, I think is what I read mm. years ago. I tend to think, I don't think of dreams yeah. as being like, I think more people <laughs> assume their dreams are pr- prophetic than should. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're very, they're much more often holding up a mirror for us to look into or, or than, than mm-hmm. telling us the future. So I would think mm. knowing what I know now, I would think if you're dreaming about your teeth falling out, you're gossiping, you're not being gossiped about. I would think it was about your word yes. versus others. And that is often my interpretation. Like let's like um, patterns of communication, toxic patterns of communication, like what's something is like something you said really troubling you? Like, do you wish you could take it back? Like, is that why, mm-hmm. you know, it's like so rooted within that? Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know me, I'm despite all of this, I am a Virgo, <laughs> a double Virgo. I'm a pretty practical person. So yeah, I'm like, no, let's like steer away from the prophetic. <laughs> like we can come back to that especially if it feels important, but let's like focus on you and like, let's focus on that self analysis or like the analysis of the world, like right next to you. And then with like teeth growing out in like a grotesque manner that like is frightening to you, that feels very much rooted in self image and like what you feel people are perceiving about you by the way you Mm. look. Yeah. Cause when you were talking about the two front teeth, I was thinking about how, when we're little kids and our teeth are first starting to come out and stuff like how awkward Mm -hmm. that I would think as an adult, like I, and I knew someone who had to get, I mean, truly an unfathomable amount of dental work done. Like no Mm -hmm. human being should have to go through what she went through. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have, I can't remember if she didn't have both, but she definitely didn't have one front tooth. And it was a little like shocking, you know, I just felt for her because she had to do all this like bone grafting. I mean, just nightmare, just nightmare shit, you know? And Mm -hmm. she had to be without a front tooth for like a year. And I just was like, and there's a a comedian I really like, Stavros Halkias, who... Is one of his bits was that he had lost his front tooth, like like fighting someone, like standing up for a woman or something like that. He was like, "Nah, man, it was biting into a chicken wing." You know, he's like, "There's no making that cool." Like, you know, both of them, I thought about like how I mean, like obviously, teeth is a big classist thing, especially in the U.S. I mean, people are real assholes about teeth, and then forget, well, what's a big thing that it is involved with teeth money like not everybody had access to good dental care or or i mean just the basics and stuff so let's chill on that if someone has fucked up teeth in my own family folklore there's some story about like my mom got into an accident and a car accident my brother's car seat went and he was like car go boom you know and she's like we were going to the pediatric dentist for you anna you know i've never same i've never <sighs> had good teeth like from the jump like before uh, before it was mm-hmm. the fact that i would eat sugar for every meal if i could you know like before it was me doing it with seltzer and all of this <laughs> they won good so like <laughs> i'm like justice for the, those of us with poor teeth like I mean, I've probably already spent 70 grand in my lifetime on remodeling my mouth. I mean, at different times. Yeah. But but like, that's why. Mm -hmm. So the next time you think about being a dick about someone who's got like maybe a questionable set of teeth, know that they've probably done the best they could. And if they really were going to 
do like a, you know, like a sitcom sort of treatment to their mouth, it would be thousands of dollars. And that if you are mean to people who are insecure or feel bad about their teeth, I'm going to be under your bed tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to knock your teeth out. <laughs> Just a vengeful tooth fairy. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, so another another dream that is a different kind of ghost, but exes. If you dream about an ex, are they coming back? Are you supposed to get back together with them? I always think no. no, no People no. from our past that maybe there was some sort of breakup. I think this can happen with friends I think it can happen with lovers you know like mm -hmm. I think we're trying to work out some sort of closure but you tell me mm -hmm. what your take is on it closure for sure and also in my newsletter I interpreted a dream for a woman who had been having a dream about an ex for eight years Jeez. or no they weren't ex they were just someone that they could have had a romantic relationship mm -hmm. with that was never fully realized but I in a way I'm gonna say ex like just for gravity purposes yeah. and just eight years recurring and I'm like that's not about this person at all and I think you and I both know that it's about like something you have not let yourself have you haven't realized that you are just you're not letting yourself have it and she emailed me back after it went live and she was like I've read this so many times and it's yes I've always wanted to write and I've never let myself write and like, I'm going to do it. And like, you believe in me. My family believes in me. Like, I'm going to do it. And I just, yeah, I wept. It was beautiful. Wow. We have to think like, if an ex is coming back, the the first on the jump, my friends, we're not saying that we should get back together with our ex. We're thinking like, who was I at that time? Is there something that I didn't fully realize? And then, yeah, am I, do I need to process this some more? Have I not fully let myself have closure about this person? Am I still hanging on to something about them? Am I still beating myself up about being with them? Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's lots of times I've oh. dreamt about people from, from the past. And it was also things that I, I wish I had said. But it was mm, like uh -huh, uh -huh. a form of like self-advocating. Like, I wish I had said this or I wish I, you know. Something else too, like if there's like a recurring location or like feature, I would say I probably have like four big dreams a year that I like that are really cinematic. I remember kind of the story. I remember what it looked like, all of that. And almost always water is involved in some way. I mean, either... And honestly, too, threat of tsunami. It's almost always consistent. <gasps> tsunami. Yeah. And we're not, like, worried Ooh. about it. You know, like, we're not. We're just kind of like, oh, it's, it's, it's happening, you know? So yeah. if you're dreaming, like, I know some people, like, consistently go to their childhood home. Or if there's, like, a recurrent location, is mm -hmm. that just, like, somewhere your spirit feels safe to go back to that's something I've heard a lot from people and even in myself I mean I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty secure about my relationship with water I know that we're very good friends and mm. it's important for me and I think with, when I think of a tsunami I think oh well it's it's just being like you know like devastated or it's just being overrun by something yeah. it, like to me it feels like a pretty easy interpretation 
But I'm curious, like, if someone is always, like, dreaming that they're in, like, a desert or somewhere, like, how do you wade into figuring out, like, what that message is for you? Because I definitely think there is one. I'm just never quite sure what it is. There is. And off the top, yes, I agree that it can be, like, a space that your spirit feels called to, Mm -hmm. that it feels normalized in. And then let's just, like, pull the threads of the desert and the water The water for me always symbolizes time Oh, or emotion, kind of just like with its suit and tsunami, kind of like those burbling emotions, like the threat of something overtaking you, like a big emotion overtaking you, whether that be sadness or something else and kind of just like always looming on the horizon for you. That's kind of what it it symbolizes to me. Um, We can also get deeper into that (laughs) later, but let's just like say the desert. For me, I think of the desert and I think of the prophets. I think of like a place to go to kind of realize something spiritual. That's kind of an archetypical feeling. It's also rooted in like the way that there's like nothing else and you're kind of like within the vastness of something and you have to like center yourself Mm. there. I love that. So those are two possible. Yeah, those are two possible ones for those. But yeah, it really depends like the first thing I would ask is like, is this somewhere you've been before? Like Mm. in the waking world? If not, then we can like those questions, then we would start with a different set. But the first thing to establish is, is this a place you have a connection with beforehand? If someone is dreaming about a place they haven't Mm -hmm. been, you know, and it's recurring, you know, they're like, I just keep dreaming about, this beach Mm -hmm. do you think it's worth it for them to try to go to that beach provided it's not gonna like you know the bank or anything set fire to your Mm -hmm. life yeah and i think that's been something for me that's really enriched my life it's kind of like following those Mm -hmm. threads i felt really called to go to italy and yet i still don't know what the whole point Mm -hmm. of that was i think i'm still figuring it out and and i was like well if nothing else like it was it was great uh-huh. and I had a great time and it was very enjoyable. So even if I didn't have this like grand epiphany or I didn't have this like, oh, it was about this or connecting, you know, uh-huh. like or whatever, like I think it's still worthwhile that I feel like if something if something keeps coming up, I do think it's worthwhile to to go down the path and to be open, like just literally go down the path. So like if you are dreaming a lot about the desert or you are dreaming a lot about a place, I think it's worth it to go. Do you? I agree. Yeah. If it's like an accessible place for you, if you can, you should go and you should see what it's all about. You know, like you don't have to go to like say the Sahara desert. You could go to the desert that is in like the Southwest. If you're a U.S. person, um, yeah, totally. it doesn't have to be like, and I had someone was like, I keep dreaming of like Columbus, Ohio. And I'm like, Columbus? Yeah, I think you could go there for sure. Just just to see. <laughs> um, and again, like those answers might not be readily available. They might not happen when you're there. Um, but I do believe they'll come. And I think seeking out with an open heart is always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think where we go wrong all the time is putting our meaning or or being like oh I'm dreaming about Columbus because I'm going to meet somebody there you (laughs) know like well and now you've sort of fucked yourself because there's expectation and it'll be much more like enriching and like maybe it would bring you just to love or whatever if you went an open versus being like 
this is my expectation for this. So I have a couple dreams for you. The first one I'm going to read you is Blair's. It was funny. Blair is a client of mine. She's a really, she's one of those people that's just, she just sort of cracks me up. Like just, and she made me laugh that uh, she was like, the end of her dream she says I honestly think my brain gave me a weirdo dream because I saw your post and was like damn wish I had a weird dream to ask about and then boom which I just thought was terribly cute because relatable that's how I would feel too like like I want to be included and then thanks brain I appreciate it so she goes so I had a dream last night that I was trying to get an ear piercing in my cartilage Mm -hmm. and I went to a piercer in some kind of sketchy location or I mean I'm like are you young because that sounds like everyone's youth, you know, and laid down for some reason on my stomach. And then she ended up giving me like a weird (laughs) dermal piercing on my right side, Ah. like basically in my ribs, which I'm like, and it was this gaudy, ugly, fake, chunky stone kind of dangling, like an inch skin (laughs) piercing on my right side of my ribs. I literally can't imagine anything worse, to be honest, like on multiple levels. She did it without asking. I left and tried to have my boyfriend and his friend in parentheses random remove the (laughs) earring but they couldn't so then my mom and sister and I were walking home through Manhattan at night and I saw a hair salon and stopped in and asked if they had an on-site piercer and they did and she was able to remove the piercing what's your take on that First of all, hi, Blair. Thank you for the gift of your dream. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that. I love that you always say that. Yeah, I've got to center that gratitude, you know? So my first thought is, like, what a hellish nightmare scenario. Um, That's what I'm... (laughs) (laughs) But secondly, I'm thinking that, like, especially with the appearance of, like, this big gaudy thing that, like, is attached to you, I'm thinking about the things that like other people put upon us or like their perceptions of us that we have to then carry around again, like this big gaudy piece of jewelry that's attached to our ribs and hurts most likely. Uh, And then I'm thinking about, (laughs) okay. And maybe Blair stop me if I'm wrong. I don't want to push it too far, but I'm thinking of your, this is somehow rooted in your female friendships. And I'm thinking that because it was impossible for your boyfriend and his friend random um (laughs) to be able to remove it for you only when you were with your mom and your sister did you find like a hair salon and hairdresser that had an on-site piercer who was also a woman that took that off of you and removed it Mm. so I'm thinking building those strong woman-centered friendships in your life is going to be really helpful for you and it's also going to help you see yourself without all these like accoutrements that you don't want interesting it's funny like some of all i could think about if you had this piercing on your ribs too is how it would get caught on everything everything. or like also it feels it feels significant that it's like on the ribs and not somewhere you can see yes unless you're wearing a crop top or something i mean i guess if you're getting that piercing maybe you would Mm -hmm. you know okay So then next I have Cynthia's, which I included because I thought it was very funny that she 
dreamt that my brother's in her dream. <laughs> I've known Cynthia since I was like 19 years old, Whoa. 18 years old. We worked together at a Starbucks uh, one summer that. and we've been friends ever since. So she goes, that reminds me, I had a dream last night that Barrett, that's my brother, invited me to his birthday party. And the theme was that he was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that's the theme. My brother's <laughs> the theme. My brother's thirty nine, so it gets even oh funnier gosh. thinking that if he was like for his fortieth, it was like it's my tenth. <laughs> like it's really funny. And the theme was that he was ten years old, and it had like a whole weekend menu itinerary for it. And I was debating whether to come up from D.C. Pretty interesting. Laser tag for his next birthday. LOL. <laughs> that that is adorable. Hi, Cynthia. Always. Uh, any friend of Anna's is a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> thank you for the gift <laughs> of your dream, especially such a, a, a cute one. I think it's adorable. I think for yeah. this one, I, I would love to psychoanalyze your brother on any other day. I think that would be so fun. Um, should be an episode for us. <laughs> we can bring him on. <laughs> but I feel like this is less about uh, your brother. And I think it's more about like the past and those connections that we make and her yeah. reaching out to you with this dream. That's adorable. That reminds you, you know, you're laughing, you're having fun. It's like a time of your youth. I think it's just like, you should, you guys need to see each other more. You need to connect, like talk, chat more. Or, like, even if you don't do it that often, just that there's like this gift inherently and look at this like funny thing that we can experience together. Like thinking of my brother having <laughs> my almost 40 year old brother having a 10 year old's birthday party. <laughs> Sometimes I think dreams are what give the best comedy, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like that's a really funny idea of someone, but it, 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 to me, it's also true to life. Like mm -hmm. you get to a certain age and then everything becomes about trying to go backwards. Exactly. And yet, I think people also sort of view nostalgia as a bit toxic as mm -hmm. well, or can be toxic. So it's interesting in the context of this dream to think of like, or what this dream makes me think of is like trying to figure out like healthy ways mm -hmm. to connect with the past and connect mm -hmm. with youth, you know, and your own youth and all these things in ways that are like fun and light and don't feel like this I don't know it just feels now that I'm in my 40s it's like weird to be like oh my god that was 20 years ago like it's weird you know like you're just your, your relationship with time just changes and to not like turn on yourself or be negative about it and be like I've wasted or what I don't know I just think like in, in the U.S. we're always sort of we prize youth and we act like once you're past like your 30s you're just garbage yet if you do keep childlike wonder, then we're like, you're immature. Like, there's no winning. Like, we have no ways of integrating in, in a way all these different, like, I don't know, like, phases of life. We're just like, be somewhere else, but also be present. You know, Ugh, like, there's no... So many conflicting messages. It, it's just so crazy. And that's the second thought that was percolating for me when you were reading the dream was, yeah, like, the ways in which we honor our past selves and that we can find humor in those situations, but we also look upon them with grace. Like we say, thank you. You know, thank you for that. Yeah. Even if I was like a goofy 
you know, like I did all this, these stupid things that I wish I, that humiliate me now, but yeah, be like, no, actually, like I honor that version of myself and I laugh with her, not at her. Yeah. Your brother's case. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a whole different episode, but it drives me crazy when people do this about weight loss and Uh they act like their former self they're like oh that dumb bitch who didn't and you're like hello that's you both of those people are my friend Mm -hmm. yeah like that's you like you're not a better person now like relax that'll probably be a rant episode but we'll see and then vanessa she sent me It was funny. She was like, you were my dream. A series of texts, right? Yeah, this is a text. Yeah, she was like, you were my my dream the other night. And I was like, what? And then I was like, can Autumn interpret this on the podcast? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I'd actually like really like to know her take. It was like really funny. So this is Vanessa, who you all know from her career changes and astrology episode. But this was her dream of, we were at the closing of MSG, Madison Square Garden, final show. Norm MacDonald back from the dead the gift shop at msg was filled with normal Times square shit bullshit and then catholic shit and playing cards and we're buying we're, we're all buying shit for souvenirs you bought a yankees keychain she's saying to her friend that she had texted this we leave and sit on a curb and norm walks up and is like go 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 and starts filming me Norm asks me to dance and won't stop twirling me. And I'm like, whoa, help. I'm getting dizzy. And then he asked me to dip him and I try, (laughs) but he's so large. I drop him. And in my favorite part is the literal end. (laughs) End. Um, Um, Yeah. Okay. First, the the first thing I'm going to do is look up Norm McDonald. (laughs) Um, Just a picture of him. I, 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 I know I, I I know who he is mildly, but I forget what he looks like. Whoa, okay. For reference, um. Autumn's like twelve. I mean, she's she. It's fair that she can't call Norm McDonald to mind. She is un bebe. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be twenty seven in September. Can you believe no, it? No, I can't actually. I know. I feel like I'm ten thousand. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you for the gift of your dream. Yeah, especially one that allows me to Google. I love to Google. (laughs) Or any search engine of your choice, really. But, okay. So I'm thinking about, like, the image. I've never been to Madison Square Garden, but just, like, this ubiquitous, huge event. It's an iconic... I mean, like, it's definitely in New York, I would say. It's an iconic structure in a way, you know? Right. So that already lends like some importance to the stream, to the sick event. It's the closing, right? So like something's closing out. And then we have We have a resurrection. <laughs> we have Norm McDonald there. <laughs> we have a resurrection. Oh. Um, which I always love to see in a dream. And yeah, all of these knickknacks that we really don't have to psychoanalyze because they're kind of there as like not red herrings, but you know, like we could if we had like a whole list of them uh, and they were really detailed, like maybe that we would look into that. But it feels to me that this is kind of like a hearkening chapter closing um, in the life of the dreamer. Not only that, but like a big, big thing that should be honored like thus. Like, I don't know if Vanessa knows 
what this thing is yet, but she surely will soon. And instead of making it something like, you know, this part of my life is over, whether it be like career-wise, age-wise, whatever we're thinking, whatever she's thinking, um, it's not like, oh, this part of my life is over. Just like we were talking about in um, the dream that your brother was Mm -hmm. in. It's not something that should be, yeah, it's not some, it's just something that should be honored, right? And celebrated instead of kind of pushed apart. Norm, like a resurrection. (laughs) A resurrection buying Catholic shit is, is fascinating to me. And also like, regardless of how Catholic you are, they're good Mm -hmm. at their propaganda, you know, that, Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not really a practicing Catholic. I mean, don't tell my mom. I don't want to talk to her about it. But, like, I'm not going to Mass or whatever. However, very slutty for a resurrection. Like, just that's been so programmed Mm -hmm. into me of, like, story and mythology. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Vanessa's Mm -hmm. Catholic. I'm almost positive she is. Okay, that that was my next question. Let's just, you know, for the point of this, let's assume she Mm -hmm. is. Um, cause I'm pretty sure okay. she is what I, what I know of her background, it would make sense. I thought that was really interesting that the, the specific of buying mm-hmm. Catholic things, which is like such a thing. If you go to Catholic school, like they take you to all these different shrine, like they, if there's one in your area, you get a little gift yep, shop and they'll take you to it. And you, you, you know, and I do think as a little girl, you're like, well, at least a rosary is kind of pretty, you know, like you, you can't. Yeah, you can wear Yeah, it. you can, like, kind of get into it. So that sort of cracked me up in her dream that it felt a little bit almost, like, nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But also with this, like, big mm-hmm. theme, you know, that obviously, like, mm-hmm. pretty big deal in Catholicism resurrection. <laughs> pretty big theme, you know, yeah. that I thought was really interesting. And I felt like I could track that, right? Like, we have closing. We can say that's, like, death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have kind of like this thinking of the past, this like interim period. And then we have resurrection. So very much like we can see the cycles therein. Yeah. Speaking of the Catholics, like the things there was like a Mary of the miraculous metal um, cat candle that I saw recently. And it was so beautiful. I was like, I don't need to buy this, but I could put it somewhere. And I was like, no, stop that. I, don't do that. Um, <laughs> As a Catholic, I'll let you culturally appropriate from us. I mean, can can one, I don't think it's a bad idea to like get the saints involved. Like they're very slutty. They're, they're like, please pray to us. You know, I don't think it's like, I'm going to tell your mommy said that. <laughs> I'm going to call her right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because I don't think it's the same as like, you know, when everybody, like every white girl I know suddenly wanted to practice Santeria after Lemonade came out and was like, oh my God, I'm so down with Oshun. And I'm like, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. Yeah, I don't think you should be saying, I don't think you should yeah, say that. I don't think, yeah, no. But yeah, I do think I don't, Catholicism, yeah. listen, anyone also who's also been in these streets being missionaries and stuff, yeah, buy the candle, by all means. I'm like... I feel like uh, that would that would please them. I thought it was interesting and that she drops him. Yes, that she cannot hold yeah. him up like this figure of the past, which, yeah, that's that's something I was going to come back 
to this dream has so many layers and if it came into my inbox it would be one that I would immediately be like let's talk follow-ups um because I need to know like I need to know a few things but yeah like she cannot hold up this this weighty figure from the past right like someone who's very popular yeah in his era like someone who has like a recognizable brand uh yeah and she one cannot take like the spinning that he is doing of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, um, and then, then cannot hold him up. And I just think about like the weightiness, like the past has on us and the ways in which like we can kill it in our minds if we need to. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think I may have some insight on what this is about that I'll tell you off mic, but um, maybe I'll connect Amazing. the two of you as well. I would love that. I would love to talk more. Yeah, because I have a feeling she'd be down to... I think it would be good for both of you. I think it would be beneficial. I mean, I appreciate that you talked about it here, but I know that I think the two of you would yeah. uh, would appreciate talking about it, you know, somewhere else. Absolutely. It's one I want to, like, dig into with my little claws. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because Vanessa's, like, she's a generous queen. She is very giving with her knowledge and stuff, like, but she is a little bit, mm-hmm. I think, like, private. Like, she she's a Virgo. Like, she's yeah, a little. So I was uh, touched that she even, when I was like, can I read this on pod? She was like, yes. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's intrigued by her, her dream as well, you know? <laughs> The dream wizard's on. <laughs> Got to get my dreams in. <laughs> dreams in. And I just wanted to, like, as we start to wrap up, even though I could talk to Autumn forever, mm-hmm. I wanted to thank everybody who did send dreams in that I made a little mm-hmm. bit of an executive decision and then informed Autumn. We did get a lot of dreams that were a bit, like trauma rama which i don't listen like I, this isn't said without judgment it's i'm not trying to shame anybody but it just wasn't really the space that autumn and i were in of like wanting to get into this stuff that's like you know just really intense like lots of like kidnapping and assault dreams and listen oh, yeah. like like sorry to people who are experiencing those and i i hope you get some new dreams soon but it just didn't feel the vibe, you know, for that both of us were in right now and had the emotional bandwidth for. So if you didn't hear your dream, I apologize or, you know, I don't know if I apologize, to be honest, um, if it's that deep. But I just want to say it's nothing personal. It just maybe wasn't a vibe that we were in of wanting to really do that because Autumn and I both like no, we're not therapist. So I wanted to kind of do some of the stuff that felt a little bit lighter or a little bit more, maybe less triggery for all involved, just because we're not therapists. So we don't have necessarily this, the skills to unpack those things or to make sure both of us are supported and y'all as listeners are supported in navigating that stuff. So that's a little bit of that. I, you know, I love to do things and then and then learn. I love to put a call of action out there and then be like, oh, shit, I didn't think about what was going to come in, you know? So, yeah. And I'm definitely open to deeper emotions or like dreams that have, you know, some traumatic elements for sure, like in a private session. Yeah. But I feel like it, it wouldn't have been the space here because there you know some questions I might need to ask and such like it would have to be a different kind of session for me yeah 
That's actually really good to know. So if you're one of the people, you know, Mm -hmm. who submitted some of those dreams, like, again, my judgment is not like, you know, I'm not trying to be like, ew, like you had scary dreams or whatever. That's not at all. It's more the learning and to Autumn's point of like, that's something that maybe should be done privately or it just needs more thought and care. It's not something that should be done, Mm -hmm. you know, where... For me, yes, it definitely Yeah, where we're like just, you know, cracking jokes and talking about you know my younger brother Mm -hmm. having a 10 year old birthday party um that just doesn't (laughs) seem like you know like those things don't seem to go together so if you're interested autumn does she has her sub stack which is dream interpretations for dummies i get every i'm I'm like so it's yeah yeah sadboyhowdy.substack.com and then you're also offering now You also have your Patreon now. So there's all different ways you can support Autumn's work or, you know, submit dreams. And I think people can work with you just one on one if they want as well, too. They can they could book a session or or something. Yeah. So definitely if your dream was not read today, don't worry. There's plenty of ways. There's avenues there are avenues that you too can get to swim around in autumn's wonderful brain. So don't worry. All hope is not lost (laughs) before we say goodbye. Is there anything you wanted to add or anything we, we missed in this dream dedicated episode? Do you have any resources or anything that like, or books or anything? Well, we can put that in the sub stack when your episode comes out, but I was just thinking, I feel like something I always get asked about as well as like, what book, you know, or what tarot books do you recommend or whatever that I was just curious if you had used any tools as well, besides the fact that I, I, I mean, I'm, it's funny, even when I first became familiar with your work, and I remember the first time I read your Substack, I was just like, I didn't need to know like your background or pedigree or whatever in this way of like how you came to this. I was like, Oh yeah, this is her gift. Like it was like so clear to me, (laughs) like from the jump that I was like, Oh yeah, she's a writer. She's a channeler of, you know, like, yeah, that it was so clear to me, but I'm curious, like if you, if there were any tools or any resources you used as you were like kind of refining your technique. I will make you a list to put in the Substack because I feel like I can't think of any of the names right now, but I do collect what I call bad dream interpretation books <laughs> from like thrift stores and such. Um, there's a, yeah, the podcast maintenance phase with Aubrey mm-hmm. Gordon. She has like a, a, a diet book collection. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going for. I want a dream interpretation. Oh my God. <laughs> book collection. Please on your Patreon. Can you do like one bad interpretation? A month. I would. Oh, that's like. I would love a chaotic interpretation. That's a really good idea. Especially if you found shit from like pop culture too, so you're not hurting anyone's feelings. Like maybe if you could, right. or something like that. But I think that that using some of those books could be really funny. I think they will be, or like it will have started by the time this episode airs. They have a really exciting thing happening very soon. The Cut is revamping a series of dream articles about common dreams, and I am their dream expert <laughs> for this. Uh, Stop! Autumn, I'm so excited for you. It's phenomenal. I 
I think about this a lot. I was telling a friend, I was like, did I think like this is the the path that my career would go? Like, no, but I am so I'm living for it. <laughs> like I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so that would also be a resource. But yeah, I'm just dreaming and working and so glad that I get to connect with people through this podcast and through the internet and the astral. <laughs> Unbelievable. Visit Autumn's dreams. JK, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like you just like want to give me a hug or something, maybe. That'd be fine. Yeah. And you just want to be like, hey, girl, big fan. Bye. And I would be like, oh, oh my gosh, I have to go to Columbus, Ohio now. I'd be like, no, wait, where do you live? Do you want to be friends? (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny all right well maybe just read you know autumn's work and don't visit her in her dreams Mm. um you know maybe maybe behave i don't know but autumn i super appreciate you being here with me today and i can't wait to digitally harass you in the future because yeah. uh, I, I plan to keep doing so so thank you for being with me here today and I, you know we'll see what next adventure we Yay. go on together thank <laughs> you so much and thank you everyone for your dreams and hopefully I'll see you soon or you'll hear me soon or something <laughs> yeah something <laughs> Autumn's just the best. I appreciate every time she swings by to have a little chat with me. Hopefully this was fun for all of you. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll be less of a grump about dreams and we'll do some more someday. Who can say? Who can say? But that's all for this week. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help.